are you boys ready to start recording for episode 24, bro? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm so prepared. <laughs> oh, those, <laughs> those lessons are coming in strong, Drill. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I need you to do that voice for a Twitch stream, uh, Jared. That would be so fucking Dude. funny. Uh, Just play a gym codes, dude. That shit would be so funny. <laughs> I love uh, Lola, or what's her name? Yeah, Lola. Lola. <laughs> All right. All right, let's, All right, let's get on with the recap. Hello, everybody. Let's play some Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to episode 24 of D&D 404. What's up, everybody? How's it going? I'm your DM, Tony. And starting off with forever bashful Jared, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Armos Vannon, friendly warlock. Uh, Yeah, try not to kill Drell. And Minus of the same process. <laughs> and I'm Minus Pebble Walker of the Ivory Boulders. I'm a Swarm Keeper Ranger. And that's Dan, by the way, because he always oh, forgets yeah. to actually <laughs> say his name. Always. Uh, and I'm Alec. I play Drell of the Ashbourne, uh, <laughs> Fighter Goliath. Welcome to episode 24, everybody. Listen, we got a hefty episode coming up. But you know the deal. Before we give you the recap, we got to give you the rundown. Now. First of all, we want to thank everybody for coming to last week's, um, well, I guess it'll be a few weeks, um, first ever live stream one shot. We appreciate you guys coming on to that. It's the first time we ever live streamed a D&D session together and just streaming D&D in general. Um, so I want to go ahead and thank everybody that came up. We had a huge, huge supporting crowd there. It was a lot of fun. You could watch that one shot on the YouTube at D&D 404. Yeah, actually, just real quick, I want to say, dude, that was actually gnarly. I didn't imagine like that much support, like first stream mm -hmm. ever, and uh, it was pretty dope. It was a good time, had a blast. So if you weren't there, be there on the next one. Yeah, okay. we're uh, follow we're gonna... the Twitch, turn on the notifications, we're... follow us on Twitter, you know, Discord. We announce it all over the place. So Drell is on point with these shoutouts. I love him. He's at my own heart, I swear. Yeah, it was cool. Um, we're going to plan another uh, one shot to do. Uh, we just want to fine tune some stuff. You know, you, you never really know what you need for a live stream until you do it. And uh, now that we know what we need moving forward, we're just going to go ahead and, uh, you know, tweak a couple of those kinks. And uh, the next one's going to be even better. Uh, it was a big success. So, little housekeeping, real quick. I am recording today with my lady and baby at home so if you guys hear any uh joyful giggles or banging that is my little baby making a ruckus uh above me i street i record in the basement so if you guys hear it and it makes it through on the recording you know apologies in advance you know what are you gonna do right he's the master of his own dungeon all right he's down there in the dungeon <laughs> playing dungeons and dragons i sit in a little basement that's painted black <laughs> with a little lamp you know what'll really help me out during seasonal depression? A black wall. <laughs> a black wall. <laughs> yeah, I got my little tiger poster in the background. Oh, there you go. There you go. My it's a, ga it's a gas lamp, right? You're like these fools. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So how about the recap? Yeah. yeah. Well, we haven't heard from Jared. Jared, you got anything you want to throw in there? Another hundred hours of Elden Ring lore you want to throw out the cast? Oh, By the way, no. we're all playing Elden Ring. Well, two of us are. Already beat it. Yeah. If you guys could just uh, go on Twitter and just bully Jared for playing Elden Ring that much, that'd be great. Oh, I, I would if I didn't have so many goddamn responsibilities. You heard it here. D&D 404 approves of cyberbullying. Whoa. Yeah. 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 To us. Whoa. Whoa. To us. Yeah. You can bully us. That's yeah. about it. 
<laughs> if you bully anyone else, that's bad. You know what else? You can also bully um, <laughs> Alec here, Drell, for being late to the, today's episode. You're supposed to start at 10 a.m. It doesn't affect them, though. No, it doesn't affect them. It's that, weird but. because it is 9.45 for me, so I'm on time. <laughs> yeah, oh, get fucks. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into the recap. Woo. The three of you have managed to make it out of Riverwood Forest and made it into the town of Dillmore via stagecoach by somebody who recognized your heroic deeds and merits. You approach the town of Dillmore, realize that it's a large, walled-off, gated city, heavily guarded and run and police by the Red Guard. You go into town, you find a place to lodge, you find a, a tavern called, what tavern did you guys end up in? The cheap one. The cheap tavern, right, right. Oh, <laughs> between the fire and the place. That's right, an amazing name. The heroes settle their belongings and bound their weapons before venturing into the town of Dilmore. Armos takes the lead by chatting up the tavern's barkeep while Drell and Minis head into the shopping district. Almost learns about the bad part of town, which is called the Knots by its locals. Afterwards, Drell and Minis learn that they're poor and meet back up with Armos. Upon meeting, an outburst of a small crowd is heard as the town's red guard drags away an old man. Drell and Armos confront the guards while Minis stealthily tracks the old man into the knots. Minis and the old man named Henry have a conversation that makes no sense and in no way foreshadows anything to come. Minis returns to Armos and Drell as they begin to fight the red guards. After some quick work, the crowd cheers for them as they make a hasty escape. Finally, the heroes decide to return to the tavern and settle down for the night, where they are caught up in a tavern party and meeting new friends. Everything seems to be going well, until Minus is stabbed in the back by an unknown assailant. Bard, play that intro and let's get on with the show! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. Give it straight to me, DM. How much time do I have? <laughs> We're going to jump back in, but Minus or Daniel, because I'm addressing the player here real quick. Hi. Uh oh, that's never good. Dan, I'm going to present to you a situation, uh, a question, an ultimatum. As a player, I'm going to give you a choice. We could run through this whole scenario where this could be the end of Minus as you have a large blade that punctured your tummy. And you're bleeding out, fading to black, unaware of your surroundings. You don't know if Jarrell or Amos even took notice. You don't know if anyone else took notice, or maybe if anyone even cares. Dan, as a player, we could run through the whole scenario where you could possibly die, depending on the actions of your party. Oh, fuck. <laughs> or I could give you the safe choice of we go through the scenario under the veil that you are going to live regardless but you take a level loss oh i'm not taking a level loss <laughs> so you're so you'd rather risk a level and stay alive or risk death of your character we don't even know the damage i took you don't so i just want to know daniel player of menace what is your choice no it seems i mean it seems very likely i mean they they were watching me go get the food, and it's not like it was out of line of people's sight, and there were so many people around. There were. It was it a busy tavern. Out. It should I think it should work out. So, yeah, I don't I don't think there's a need to take a level loss. Risk it for the biscuit. Go ahead and give yourself an inspiration die. Well, I already have one. For this episode. Well, now you got two, baby. 
Because uh, that was a test I wasn't going to let you choose either way, baby. I just wanted to see your character, your moral compass. I want to see where you act. A moral compass. Your moral compass. Because <laughs> I don't we think you're me mechanically you can have two inspiration dies, but if you want to give me two, I'll take it. Yeah, you know what? I'll <laughs> mechanically, bro, me just learning what inspiration <laughs> was last week after being yelled at, you're going to have two. <laughs> <laughs> they do yell at us a lot. They do yell at us a lot for inspiration. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Let's jump back in. Where were we exactly? All right. Manus is bleeding out. The sound of the knife exiting the flesh echoes through your head as you fade to black. The tavern is still in an uproar over the bard's last trick. Drinks spill and a loud thud is heard as Minus drops to the floor. As you desperately try to grab onto a stool to keep you up, you are knocked over. The sound of cutlery, glasses, and mugs crash onto the floor, and the crowd starts to settle in a wave as they turn and stare at Minus bleeding out. Blood begins to pool around you. You watch yourself fade as your sight goes in and out, as you're just now holding your stomach. The last words you heard before completely fading out was Edelram sends his regards. You are now out, and we'll get to your damage in just a second. We're gonna go over to- Oh, fuck. <laughs> Drill on Armos. Hey, where are those dumplings at? <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck is Minus with the food? Reginald's sitting on the table with my worst garlic bread like five minutes ago, bro. Why is everyone <laughs> screaming? What's going on here? <laughs> the music is still playing in the background. The bars haven't seemed to notice because of the distance. Half of the tavern doesn't fully notice because they just assume somebody may have dropped, drunkenly fell. The only people that have truly noticed outside of Armos and Drell are the people he directly pushed as he fell to the ground. Um, the bartender hasn't seen just yet. Drell and Armos, what are you two doing? So we did see it happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, we did? Yeah, you saw it happen. Yes. Is the guy the guy still with minutes, right? You saw him drop, so you noticed everything happening when he fell to the floor and you heard a bunch of people go, Oh, like there's a big uproar, like somebody dropped something in the background. But we don't see the the dude. You don't see anyone that suspicious. You do see people putting on hoods. They all have cloaks on. You see some people putting on hoods. You just see some people grabbing their mug and bolting out. Drell, what are you doing? Uh, so I'm running over to Minus and I'm gonna see if I could. Oh man, I <laughs> there's like something I really want to do that's super risky, and there's something I want to do. You're going over to Minus first, right? Y yeah. I'm, okay. So I immediately see Minus on the ground bleeding, and I that's the first thing I do is I run over to him. There's no way to like possibly stabilize them or anything. Yes, there, there there is a method to do that. So you go over and you start making a hole like you're trying to get to Minus and pe patrons are like backing up and like kind of staring at all. Nobody's making any type of effort to get involved in any way. People like besides the people that are leaving, the ones that are like there, are, like, whoa, and they're like just trying to back up. And as they back up, they're now alerting the rest of the patrons in the bar. Like some shit just went down. Like if they're not helping him, I'm violently shoving them out of the way. Like as I make my way over there. Yeah. Like I'm a big dude. So I'm. Yeah. You don't even have to roll like. A... Okay. I'm like grabbing them, just throwing them aside. You grab some people, you throw them aside, you get it over, you get uh, right next to Minus. The barkeep that you were talking with before is like, whoa, whoa. And he's like, he runs. Uh, a little behind the bar, like deeper down away from you, it starts ringing a bell very loudly, kind of like a, a, a sounding alarm. You're looking at Minus. Minus is on his stomach right now. There's a messy wound in his back, close to his spine, like lower spine area. He's on the floor. His eyes are open, 
but he is not responsive. His tongue's kind of leaning out and his he's sitting in a pool of his own blood. He doesn't look like he's moving, but you see him breathing uh, very faintly. Okay, go ahead and make me make me a flat perception check. While he's doing that, can I'm just I'm just picturing this. So he's pretty short, right? Someone to stab him in the back is like you have to get down there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe he's a halfling. <laughs> we don't know what he was. Oh. Oh. So that's a nine. With a nine, you see that this wound is pretty nasty. You don't know what caused it. You can assume, like, you don't think it was like just a regular dagger. As you're looking at the wound, it looks very serrated and messy. Like you're moving his clothes out of the way and blood is like coming out of like both ends. Menace, make me a constitution saving throw for me. How much damage did I take too? <laughs> oh yeah, we never told you the damage. The damage you took let's roll for it well, that's a lot of dice <laughs> you took 19 points of damage on that stab Ow. i'm still up then so yes by damage alone you would be up but you did black out as a result of the stab so you are not conscious at the moment drell do you have anything medicine related i have a healer's kit or i have health potions Okay, so go ahead and make me a medicine check here. Okay, okay, good thing I... My constitution check was 15. 15? Okay, yeah. so you pass. That is a medicine plus one, so that's 18. So you roll him over to try to keep get him stable, right? You start uh, covering the wound so he stops bleeding out, trying to control the bleeding, which you do. You have it somewhat under control. Given the severity of the wound, he's still bleeding through the gauze that you're just using to cover him up. On the front... You notice that there is this black tar-like substance on the exit wound. With an 18, you know that whatever stabbed him was coated with something. You do not know what the substance that the blade was coated with without proper testing. With the tools that you have at hand, you couldn't know, but the substance was blackish tar. With that, Armos, what are you doing? All right, with that, um, I'm gonna stand on one of the tables and look for suspicious characters maybe trying to leave or maybe trying to approach Drell and Menace. Go ahead and make me an insight check. 16. You go ahead and stand up on a table. With a 16, you know that most of the people in here, based on how they're dressed, it looks like they, they're not from the nicer parts of town. They look rough and tough. A lot of them don't look very well groomed. It looks like they all just came off work and came here to have a drink. Nobody here really sticks out you do see making their way towards Menace in a greenish cloak. It looks like somebody of maybe the same height as him is barefoot with really hairy feet. And he's walk he he's got a cloak on, you said? Yeah, he's like making his way in and out of legs, coming from the other side of the bar. Outside you hear the footsteps of guards and you've got a small creature barefoot making his way towards Menace. How far away is he? Like uh from where I'm at? Is it just pretty close since we're in like a couple of feet. everything is pretty close this room is only about 40 feet big like uh, maybe like 100 feet because it's a big tavern okay but nothing is like out of range or anything like that then i'll use a uh, misty step and i'll go up right behind him and grab him with my staff my tentacle staff kind of around his neck so that he can't move and try to get some questions out of him go ahead and make an attack roll against him <laughs> it's a three <laughs> You go ahead and you snap the tentacles towards him. He turns around, he looks at you and he does like a double take. He goes, 
his face reveals he has a big uh plump nose that's a little red at at its tip like it has a runny nose brown bushy eyebrows it is a halfling and he goes what are you he goes what are you doing and he in a swift 360 motion he says that to you turns around and makes his way towards menace sliding on his knees right next to uh menace and drill and you see that he starts like trying to get um some of his clothes out of the way he looks at drill and he goes big man i need some fresh gauze over here big gauze big gauze and he's like snapping his fingers at drill with his attention focused on menace trying to get all the dirty clothes away from the wound so i guess uh can i just rip i guess part of my cloak and like try to give him some gauze yeah absolutely you go ahead and you shred your cloak off and you hand it to him. You give him a bunch of uh, cloth to use. He goes, this is great. This is great. This is great. And he moves all of his clothes out of the way, revealing Minus' tummy and starts to pack it in. He takes a wet rag out from his belt and he starts wiping away all the blood and the, uh, specifically that's mixed with this black tar. He flips him over with a big thoof as his uh, head rolls over and... He does the same to his back, wiping away all this weird liquid. He goes into his next pouch, and he looks like he has a bunch of like herbs and jars, of all these different vials and, and uh, all these different components. And he takes out a little bit of, uh, he takes out this weird three-leaf herb, crushes it up, and starts uh, rubbing it onto the wound. He's trying to stop the bleeding, but the wound is so deep that it keeps bleeding. As he's working on Minas, the guards come in and they start pushing people against the wall. They're a mix of red guards and normal pounds guards. They start pushing the people against the wall with spears, trying to get everybody out of the way. The barkeep runs up and uh, the halfling looks up. He goes, we got to get him out of here now. Follow me, follow me. And the guards are starting to arrest people in that area and they're making their way towards you guys. Uh, then can I scoop Minas, like pick him up and then just follow the halfling? Yes. And then I look at Armos and I kind of head gesture, for, like I don't say anything, but I head gesture for him to like follow us. As I'm following, I'm kind of looking behind us, making sure that while they're kind of plowing ahead, I'm watching our backs. So you guys are gonna go ahead and make a stealth check for me real quick? Fuck, would I have my armor on it this time or were we just chilling? I forget. No, I think you guys were chilling because you guys went up and came down. All right, I got a 12. Uh, I got a 10. Awesome. So as there, you see the town guard and the red guard are starting to arresting people. Like, what's going on here? I'm getting people out. You see some of, uh, almost. While you're looking back to see if you're followed, they don't see you directly. They see you, you see them looking in your general direction, but there's so many people in there that they're just kind of taking whoever's at arm's length and questioning them on the side. You hear the barkeep as you're paying attention, go, oh, the little guy, he just fell. He started bleeding everywhere. Nobody saw what happened. He just made this huge mess. He was with the big fellow. When he says big fellow, you see the red guard like turn around, trying to look for somebody that even remotely matches that description. You notice that he does not notice Drell. Okay. <laughs> the halfling runs on the opposite end, the direction where he came from, and runs out the back door. Armos and Drell, Drell carrying Menace. You guys follow this halfling under the bar through the kitchen. You see like there's like a worker or two there, like a couple of chefs uh, doing their thing. As you sneak out through the back, you follow this cloaked halfling through the streets. The halfling is looking over his shoulder at every street corner. Further and further, you guys realize that you guys are heading south. Minus, go ahead and give me a constitution saving throw. Nat 20. So with a nat 20, 
You're in this nice, bright, vibrant, white room. In the center are your parents. Your mother's laying down a fresh plate of honey rolls, salmon rolls, fresh fruit. Your father goes, oh, hey. Hey, man, why don't you come over and have some breakfast? Oh, wow. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. Your mother's like, oh, honey, I made your favorite. I made your favorite. Come on and go over and eat. Hey, can Sid come too? Hey, meet Sid, Mom. <laughs> you look over and Sid is doesn't look like his normal self. He actually looks like a uh, five-foot-tall golem elemental. <laughs> he's completely ripped and full-grown, but he has that same head. <laughs> and he speaks the kind of the same voice. He goes, hey, hey, Minus, look, you raised me so well. Look, I'm full. I'm all grown up. Yeah, you're my bestie, man. We're best friends, dude. Let's go have some cinnamon rolls. Like, my best bestie. <laughs> <laughs> you sit down and start eating some cinnamon rolls. Oh, man, these are the best... <laughs> the rolls you ever made mom wow well you know i made them just for you oh they're my favorite son hey, why is miranor here oh, what are you doing here miranor is like in a weird cage in the corner of the room like it has a dunce hat on and he's looking <laughs> really grumpy <laughs> cutting back to reality you guys are now going through the red spring market buildings and like back alleyways the back alleyways start to become dingy eventually you pass through the b and r gate at the end of the district through the gate of the knots. Minus starts coughing, but that's all it is. It's just coughs. Drell, your arms are covered in blood now from Minus bleeding as you're carrying him. You go further into trash-covered street. The buildings are old and torn and practically leaning over each other. Ropes and ladders hang and swing slowly between the houses. The halfling looks around, makes a sharp left down an alley as you guys follow. He finally stops, look at you three, and he kicks a brick into the wall. A ladder drops down from above and he starts climbing it up. He gets to the top of this fire escape looking platform. And he goes, hey, up here, up here. As he climbs three more stories, he opens the door and a bright light fills the alley for a moment. And while that door is open, you hear loud tavern noises inside. And he closes the door quickly behind him. Um... <laughs> a lot of things just happened. Uh, mm -hmm. Could we climb the ladder? You absolutely can, yeah. Uh, I send Armos first, and I say, go ahead of us. And then um, I, like, wait for him. So I climb up the ladder, trying to catch up to this guy. You guys go up, and you see this door. The door does not match the outside of the buildings, although it is it's painted very dark. It looked like it was made to blend in. When you look at the door, compared to the wood, it's like heavy, heavy steel that's painted over to look like wood. On the door, you see an etching that says TF. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, the fuck. <laughs> so we climbed the ladder. We're sitting in front of this door. We're, we're, do we see anything inside? Uh, once you open the door in front of you two, a blinding light fills the dark alleyway as a fully furnished tavern appears before you inside a huge room filled with tables and benches and a long bar top. The smell of delicious food and feast graces your nose and blesses your nostrils. You you feel a slight shift in Minus's, uh body as the smells just like invigorate him for just a moment. Patrons inside start to clear away their drinks and tables as patrons start to move the tables aside. The halfling you are following drags a bigger table closer to the center of the room and slaps the top of it. Lay him on here. We don't have much time. So Drill's first initial thought is, uh, 
that guy fucking told us there was no taverns in here. And then uh, he goes <laughs> over and um, puts minutes on the table. <laughs> you lay him on the table and a halfling removes his hood, holding his hair in place is a blue head bandana. He quickly leans over and begins to work and he yells over, Baldy, hand me my kit. A bald gnome wearing a similar cloak and bandana rushes over. His head shines in the lantern light as he slides over the table right next to the hand, uh, halfling, opens the kit up, and like a super deluxe tackle box, this kit springs open with all these fancy compartments and shelves of herbs and medicines. Some time passes, and Minus finally stops bleeding. However, he's still passed out. He's wiping the sweat off his brow. You see him working as his hands are getting bloody, but he is no longer pooling blood. Everybody roll me an initiative. Even you, Menace. It's a nat 20. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Seven for me. 14. The halfling is going to work like a lair action, also going on round 20. So we are now in a bit of an accounting here for Menace's very life. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to go through initiative to see if Menace can make it out of this. The halfling working on him looks very stressed. He's going to make a number of medicine checks here, and you guys are there to assist with what he needs. Mm -hmm. The kit on the other side of him has all this stuff, but he's not looking at it as he's going to grab stuff in and out. You see this gnome kind of looking over, and he's a little dumbfounded at the kit because there's just so much there. So you guys can make some medicine checks here to kind of help him out. The halfling goes, he goes, he screams out, he goes, I need the blue vial. Somebody get, grab me the blue vial. As he starts to snap his fingers, as you hear, uh, he's just grabbing some tools from his belt and he's opening Minus's wound to try to perform some surgery on him. So it's a medicine check, you said? Yes. Go ahead and make me a medicine check. Uh, that's another nat 20. Two in a row. Ooh, wow. You <laughs> yeah. I'm saving Minus. I'm up. <laughs> you see that his stuff is well documented. Everything's labeled. And there's like one vial that says the blue stuff on it. Cool. And you pick it up. He goes, oh, clearly it says. And you chuck it to him. He catches it without even looking. He pops the cork open, uh, dips in Reagan, and he starts cleaning Minnison's wounds on his back and stomach. As he's working, you hear somebody on the other side of the bar is a big, huge dad looking character, big, bushy eyebrows, bald head, hairy forearms, looks like that. Saturday morning cartoon style dad cleaning out a beer mug. And he goes, come on, Hugh. Don't let him bleed all over my floor. If he bleeds on my floor, you're going to be the one that's cleaning it. Hugh begins to sweat and you see his tongue sticking out. He goes, ah, I'm so thirsty. I'm, I'm really thirsty. It's going to go to almost his turn. Almost. How would you like to help? What? I don't know. Uh, What can I do? I, all right, I ask Hugh, I'm assuming. Hugh, what can I do? <laughs> give, me a, give me a mug of bubba. I need the bubba. A big pouring sound comes from the other side of the bar. He goes, I got a big mug of bubba for ya. As he um, pours a mug and goes ahead, slides it across the bar towards you, Armos. Armos, make me a dexterity check to see if you catch the mug. Can I use my magic hands to catch it instead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a cantrip. I don't think it would change the check, though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't change the check, but it'd be cooler. <laughs> right? I got an 11. You go to catch this mug as it just misses your fingers and slides off the other end of the bar. And um, the bigger guy across the other end of the bar, he goes, you're paying for that. And he points his finger at you. Minus, go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw, please. Yep, that's a 14. You 
You take six points of damage. Let me know when you dip below. Yeah. Now it's going to go to Minus's initiative. Minus, make me another constitution saving throw. Oh, that was part of it. <laughs> yeah. So that first constitution saving throw was on Almos's turn. So now it goes to you. Yikes. Three. I'll use an inspiration die. Yeah, there you go. 17. 17. You pass. It's going to go back to the top of the round. You see Hugh. He's uh, wiping more sweat away. He's like just so distracted with everything going on and how thirsty he was that he slipped and like nicked you right on the inside, which caused you to take some damage there. And he's like, shit, 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 shoot. And as he starts to clean that mistake up, I need some Bubba and I need I need the green stuff, the green shade bottle. It's going to go to Drell's initiative. Okay, so I guess I'll... I will turn to the barkeep and I'll ask him for another cup of uh, Bubba. Oh, the Bubba Bubba. All right. Take the beer. You give it over to uh, Hugh. Without looking, he just takes out a hand, lets out a large burp as he starts to go and he starts to work. And then I was going to see, can I um, action surge to try to get him the green vial? Yes, you can. Go ahead and action surge. Oh, that's an awesome idea. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and make me another medicine check. Fuck, that's not as good. Got, oh, inspiration die. All right, here we go. Right. <laughs> nice. Fuck, that's even worse. God damn it. <laughs> I rolled a four and a three, dude. So I got a fucking... I got a five. You just find the first green thing that you could find and hand it to him. He looks without looking at you, confirming. He takes it into view and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. This is nightshade and hands it back. Fucking almost killed me. <laughs> I'm trying to kill him. And he hands it back to you. Uh, give me a constitution saving throw, Minus. I think I'm just like really doing a good job. So I don't think I need to roll one. I think I just pass that right. <laughs> Cause I'm a good player. Okay, that's uh, 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 not great. It's a 12. It's a 12? No, I, it wasn't a 12. Yeah, 12. <laughs> All right, jerk. 12, a 12, a 12. You take two points of damage as he doesn't get something quite right in time. It's gonna go to almost his turn, almost. I'm gonna use Unseen Servant to help us with the shit. <laughs> Sick of fetching things. Okay. So he can, each of your turns as a bonus action, he can go and interact with objects and perform simple tasks. So I'll go get the green vial and ask him what else he needs. The server goes over, grabs the vial, gives it to him. He starts working. Uh, he takes the rag, he mixes it with the green vial, corks it, puts it on the table next to him and starts stuffing it into, into Minus's wound. When you guys are looking at the wound, he, it looks like he's packing out all the walls of his wound all the way through. You can see that he's like, very nervous with what he's doing. Like he obviously hasn't done this enough times to be fully confident. Uh, he's like speaking halfling and it sounds like he's saying, oh God, oh God. Okay, okay, at least that's good. At least that's good. He's like saying small prayers to himself just by the tone of his voice. So you can get the correct vial. He starts putting that on. He asks you what you need. He goes, okay, I need some gauze. I need a lot of packing material here. Is there anything around that he may have or there's tablecloths there's uh towels look, look like hand towels from behind the bar that um the guy uses to clean mugs mm. what would you like to do yeah let's uh i asked the bar guy for some clean towels and i try to go for those as you're asking for it go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw as a large clump of towels are coming right at your face Ooh, eight <laughs> Eight, these large ball of towels hit your face as you fall down for a second. 
Minus, go ahead and make me constitution saving throw. Y'all are gonna get me killed. Wait, I'll use I'll use the uh, inspiration then. Oh? <laughs> to see if you catch the towels? Yeah, great. Yeah, go ahead. Use the inspiration die. Right. So I just roll again. Oh my god, I got a fucking eight again. <laughs> you turn around and emotionally goes, Barkeep, give me some towels here. Reginald goes, oh, that's a really good idea. As you just get beefed with this large ball of towels that were already mid-throw as you thought of the idea, and you get knocked prone for just a second as you catch all these towels but on the floor. Reginald starts ball laughing. He goes, <laughs> oh, if this is the reason he dies, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Minutes make me a constitution saving throw. Yeah, I got 11. Take six points of damage. Well, six. Not looking hot. Not looking hot. Goes up to round... Uh, oh, so now it's Minus' turn. Minus, make me another constitution saving throw, please. Uh, is a 13 going to do it? You take three points of damage. All right. This, the number you need here is 15 or higher. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Yep. It's going to go back up to round 20. Hugo's, I need those towels. I need those towels. Stat, please. Okay, yeah. I guess I'll just go grab. I'll pick up. I'll look at Armos as I'm just picking up all the towels off the ground, kind of like staring at him like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> and then um, I'll walk over and, and I'll like plop them on the table. You go ahead and you put, take the towels and you plop it next to Hugh. Hugh starts grabbing the towels and he starts um, taking the previous tinctures that you guys gave him before. And he starts mixing them together to make like a nice bandage. And he starts laying it over the wounds on both sides and like stitching them down. Drew, what would you want to do on the rest of your turn? Well, um, I was going to rally and um, I was going to burn a uh, okay, superiority die. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to just look at Menace and be like, hang in there, little man. And I will give him. I just maxed it. I hit eight. Oh, so that's the wow. best I can do. So I gave him eight hit points. In my dream state, I hear my dad say, like, I'm proud of you or something, like, really nice. <laughs> your father, Titus, puts his massive hand on your small shoulder, and he goes, Son, I've been so proud of you. Yeah, I've been doing some great stuff, Dad. Great stuff. Better than I could ever do. Oh. <laughs> you get eight points of health as you feel inspired. Oh, that's huge. You see as Hugh, he looks, he goes back to his kit. He goes, oh, oh, I shoot. Does anybody have any health potions here? We need some health potions here. And he's looking through and he's mixing a couple of vials together, but the vial he's currently making does not look like a health potion. It's not red. It is actually a dark murky green. Uh, and it's a much smaller vial than what a health potion would look like. Does anybody have any potions on them? Uh, I do. I'll just grab one from my, my pouch and I'll toss it to him. Actually, I will hand it to him. There we go. <laughs> I was about to say, make me a dexterity check, please. I will hand, I slowly hand it to him. You slowly hand it to Hugh. He snatches it out of your hands and he adds the last drop of it. And the green murky liquid turns to a bright, vibrant green. He then adds that solution into the health potion. The green and red mixes together, but does not turn into the color you would actually think it makes. It actually turns into a bright orange color. He then goes back over to Minus. He lifts Minus's head up and he uh, gives this uh, potion to Minus. Minus, you are no longer going to have to make any constitution oh, saving throws. <laughs> the blood has stopped oozing out. Minus's breathing returns back to normal. Now it just looks like he's sleeping, still slightly unconscious, but now in a sleeping state. The wounds have started to close up. On the inside, you don't feel like any, that burning sensation anymore. Minus, 
you have phased out of that beautiful white room with your family who loves you and super awesome muscle Sid. <laughs> Everything fades to black. Hugh sits back on his chair, takes off his headband for a minute, wipes all the sweat away. He has like a nasty sweat stain across his uh across his forehead. You know, he's gonna be all right. And he sticks his hand out on the bar top. And as soon as he, his hand hits the bar top, a, another mug, a bubba, hits it. And he takes a big drink. As he takes that big drink, there's a big uproar in the tavern as everybody who was watching uh, it is a mixture of people between humans, halflings, uh, and gnomes, and dwarves. They're like, yeah, we knew you could do it. And all this cheering happens, and some people come over and give him like the you know stiff shoulder and they're giving him props and congratulations. Drell's gonna ask for a glass of Bubba himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, barkeep, let me get one of those as well. The sound of beer fills the mug and he slides it towards you, lands comfortably and firmly in your hand. He gives you a bigger mug for such big Goliath. The smell of it is beautiful, that like it's all fresh ingredients when you drink it, it's very strong mm -hmm. but sweet and delicious at the same time you know that this is a mixture of beer with some liquor uh definitely distilled in there Ooh, say less it is a strong drink armos what are you doing maybe assess where we're at who are we around what are we around you look around and now you're taking in your environment it is a very very nice tavern Nice wooden floors. All these tables look well crafted. Nothing here looks secondhand. Every patron, though, looks like some type of descent of a criminal or criminal persona. There's a lot of cliches and stereotypes. You look in the corner, there's a guy with a bandana across his eye with a scar with a hook for a hand. You see another, a couple of dwarves like looking over mean mugging you. They have horns that sticking out of their helmets. They look like some weird Viking mix of people and they're all everyone has a smile on their face but like if they have a smile their eyes look angry like nobody looks like they're in a good mood other than vocally everyone looks rough and tough and gritty along the vaulted ceilings there's a big red guard banner but it looks torn and it has a giant x through it um the there's a lot of food and when you look at the plates the plates are very nice all the food is plated perfectly. It's like some fine dining. You got like mutton chops, lamb chops, and it looks like along the sides, there's not a second floor, but there's a bunch of doors that lead into like different rooms. I try to get some information about uh, like, all right, who are you? You see this bald gnome taps you on the back. He goes, hey, great job, bud. Great job. You did great there. You're really great. Real, real good stuff. Real good stuff. You see... Uh, as he was just like taking a moment, breathing it in, you see uh, another halfling, but he has his hood on, trying to hide his face. He goes, that was a good one, Hugh. Good job. Good job. Walks past him. You see uh, a smaller creature, even smaller than the gnome and the halfling, by maybe like a half a foot. Feathers flutter. It was an owlin' creature. Hops on two feet, looks up in a really quiet, somber tone. He goes, hey, bud, you did a great job. And then hops away, flutters away. And then lastly, a dwarf comes up, puts both hands on Hugh's shoulder, it is a female dwarf. And a really stoic voice goes, ha, 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 great job there, Hugh. I'm proud of you. Lifts the halfling up, way above, looking up at him. He's like, I knew you got it in you. That's why you're on this team. 
gives him a big old smooch on the forehead, sets him back down, and they all join him at the table. As the barkeep starts pouring all these big mugs of Bubba. Yeah, so I, w- I want to talk to the the dude and try to figure out what his what his life is. So while he's getting his drink, I'll go up to him, be like, "What? How did you find us? Why did you save us? I have so many questions." Uh, well, my name is Hugh, and what I just did is I uh, <clears throat> he suddenly gets his false confidence and puts his fists on his, the side of his hips like a superhero pose. He goes, "I saved your friend's life." Obviously, but wh- how did you know? We were there. Were you just at the bar and you just saw us and you decided to help us? I was following you guys. Why were you following us? To make sure you're on the up and up. Does he not get this? Does he not get that how this works? He looks over to his teammates. Are they not briefed? Do they not get how this works? And they all shrug in unison and then they go back to <laughs> what they were doing. I was told to look out for three strange fellas. Uh, a red one, a big one, and a little one. Uh, you know, we got some notes, and uh, I believe you were sent here by a mutual friend. Wink, wink, and he, el- and he elbows you. And who is this mutual friend? Because I'm still I'm still a little skeptical at this point. You can tell that he's clearly trying not to give too much information away where he is right now. Minus, mm. you start to come through. Go ahead and roll for a normal health potion to see how much health you get back. Oh, yes. Eight. Eight health. Mm. So you start to wake up and you're feeling like really groggy, like uh, really drowsy. I, again, I should have known my dad's not nice like that. Why do I keep <laughs> thinking it's real? <laughs> Sid, are you okay? You see that um, now that you come to, they didn't notice it before, but like now that you've come to, Sid like rolls into view and is right beside you and he's holding like your thumb like uh like somebody would at a hospital bed hold their hand back like, <laughs> you look just as buff you're okay buddy <laughs> did we <laughs> do we get the bread rolls do we get the food <laughs> oh and he makes like a shifting uh no emotion Drew, what are you doing uh, so I was gonna say, I, he's kind of—he was just kind of standing with Menace, like as Armos walked over and he was talking to Dewey or what's that guy's name? Is Hugh? I don't know why I think he's Dewey. Yeah, I think he's just kind of—he's gonna look down at Menace and say, "Yeah, uh, I guess we almost lost you there. Uh, how are you feeling?" Uh, I feel kind of like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of uh, look like shit, and I like smack him on the like the upper back I was gonna say <laughs> and, like away from where the wound is cause uh, I don't wanna fucking hit Ow. him <laughs> just give him a thumbs up did I get the food over where are we now what's happening Drell um yeah uh, so long story short you got stabbed by something uh-huh. we didn't see it um okay you know little halfling came over and uh, uh started eating to you uh, and then Sick. we ran away from the cops and then, you know, oh. now we're here. So yeah, it's cool. Okay. Oh, and that guy that told us there were no taverns down here, you know, he kind of lied. Um, so well, that's kind of yeah. rude. Why would you do that? Why would you lie about something like that? I, I don't know. Apparently the nicest tavern is actually down here. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, some thanks. Uh, uh, can I kind of like get up a little bit just like on the table? Yeah, you can sit up. You're just very groggy. Mechanically speaking, you're going to take two points of exhaustion at the moment. Two points? Jesus. Yeah. All right. So me seeing Menace up, 
I kind of run over. I'm like, hey, buddy, glad you're up. And then after the pleasantries are, are kind of over, I'm like, I kind of whisper over to Drell and Menace, let him know. I was like, I think this is uh, our contact with Duncan. But So Menace is like on a table sitting up. You guys are around it. Off to like in a corner of your view, you see a small owlin creature just like on the table with his hood up, wide-eyed, looking at you guys. And when you guys notice him there, he goes, he just gives a little hoo. So I don't know if you guys know what an Owlin is. An Owlin is literally an owl race. Uh, It is a size small Owlin. It is a very small owl in a cloak. It does have winged arms, but it also has wings on its back. It is not wearing any pants. It just has normal owl feet. And he's just staring at you guys. You said a word that you probably shouldn't have said out loud. Mm. He's like, I immediately stop what I'm saying. And I kind of eye over to to Drell. Like, we're about to kill this (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) Drell drastically starts shaking his head now. (laughs) I thought we were on the same page. Aren't aren't we about to kill him? (laughs) I I nod vigorously. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that he's also wearing the same uh, color cloak, the green cloak with a blue bandana around his neck. Drell kicks Armos in the shin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does like the the little fingers on the like slicing the neck thing. Like, just shut up. <laughs> I'm like trying to like signal with my fingers like we're not killing this guy as he's like blatantly staring right at us to make them. <laughs> it's kind of obvious. Like, that's what I'm telling Armos, but. He has like a thousand yard stairs. He's looking at all of you, but he's not focused on any one of you in particular. He looks like a traumatized owl. He's just like, and then I stop what I'm doing. I look at him. I put on like the biggest smile that I've ever done. (laughs) And the most awkward one as well. I'm sure a feathered thumbs up quickly flaps out from beneath his cloak (laughs) as his, as his body turns, but his head doesn't. And he starts walking the opposite way. He jumps off the table, walks, and then as he takes a few paces out, his head then turns to match with his body because owls do that creepy shit. And he walks back to his uh, friends. And while they're all doing this, Menace is already hobbled to the bar. <laughs> yeah, I guess I kind of want to walk up to the group of them and ask them. Um, so I guess Drell will. Yeah, Drell walks over and he goes, so uh, you guys got anywhere we could maybe have Menace take a take a rest have him lay down the dwarf speaks up and she goes yeah we got a spot but why don't we all have a drink first as she places her hand back on the bar top as another uh mug instantly slides into her hand she takes a quick drink she goes i suggest you take a quick drink first yes please Uh, i mean i'll never say no to a drink so as you guys put your hands out as like as soon as it reaches the bar top a big old mug proportioned to your size just it's your hand. Almost, I don't know how you dropped this. This guy's pretty good at slinging these glasses. I mean, it's just like, hits me right in the hands. Oh, is he dropping shit while I was out? Oh, yeah, you should have seen it. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Sounds like Armos. <laughs> <laughs> you see the little gnome in the background, the bald one. He goes, I drink much. <laughs> and you all start laughing. <laughs> like, they're all in unison. <laughs> Drill does that really awkward like laughing and then he immediately stops. Like you know what I'm talking about? Where he's like yeah. he's kinda laughing, he's like, What? Hey, barkeep, I'm gonna need twenty shots for all my little rock creatures too. I uh, I cheer Sid. I, I give Sid a little dink. 
um, you, you see the guy who's been serving just like gives you some cups to like pour out for your little guys. He goes, listen, uh, I'm not against, you know, giving the teenager here a couple of drinks, but like, I'm assuming they're not legal. What's going on here? And he just, he's like, I don't, you know what? Have fun. And he just like walks away. Like he washes his hands. He doesn't want anything to do with these little rock creatures. <laughs> As he's like cleaning a glass. Whenever you guys look at him, he's like never not pour. Like he's not pouring anything or making anything. He's always cleaning a mug. <laughs> but like the second you turn away and ask for some, like it's in your hand. Like that's how efficient this guy is. <laughs> and you always hear like the squeaking of the glass and the mugs. Wait, Sid, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> he's like counting on his one stub. He goes, meh, meh, meh. He's counting in rolls. <laughs> and he holds up his stub. Uh, like, oh, is that like a is that rock numbers? I don't speak rock numbers. Sorry, Sid. <laughs> well, I'm sure old <laughs> enough. Cheers. Bink. Cheers. He starts drinking his little tiny mug, a wooden shot glass. <laughs> you see all the all the weird patrons take their final swig. The dwarf slaps both hands onto the bar top. He goes, "Well, Burns, I'm gonna go ahead. We're gonna call it a night. We'll catch you in the morning." Slides a stool out. The rest of the group slides their uh, stool out in unison, and you all follow her into one of the rooms off in the back of the tavern. I kind of look at the group and I go, "Do you guys want to follow him?" Huh? A little out of it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then I kind of just grab, I'll just grab Minus and just kind of put him <laughs> on my shoulder because yeah. he's like so fucking tired. No, and then, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm keeping eye. I'm keeping eyesight of that owl in case he says one thing or <laughs> at any moment. Minus always. I mean, Armo's always making enemies, <laughs> especially with birds, dude. Yeah, especially with birds. <laughs> Reginald is on your shoulder. He's like looking over at the owl in two. He goes. He's freaky looking. He's got like weird eyes, weird ears, weird feet. You know anyone like that? I've never seen anybody like that. And you look over at Reginald. He's like all decrepit and strangly. <laughs> he's like, you ever meet anybody like that? He's a weirdo. And he's like the most deformed bunny you've ever seen in your life. You guys follow him into this room. And when you go through the door, uh, at first it looks like a normal tavern bedroom. They wait for you to close the door behind you. She turns around. She knocks on the wall. The wall pivots out just a little bit and opens up into a larger meeting type room. You go in there, there's bunk beds along the side. There's a rack, a large wall of like all these daggers, knives, and swords. On another wall, there's like workbenches full of like random, like various equipment. There's a workbench filled with various equipment, different herbs, blades, small anvils, tools of that nature. And in the center of the room, there's a large table close to a fireplace with a numerous amounts of chairs. And they all go over and sit and sit down at the table. And the dwarf goes, come on over. We got some business to discuss. Taps the table and there are a number of chairs for you guys to sit at. Drill walks over, uh, he'll put Minus in one of the chairs, and then he stands <laughs> right behind <laughs> Minus. I'm, I'm going to stand if that's cool. All right, suit yourself. I mean, we're going to be talking, so you might get tired. Uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> you fine? Okay. Drill doesn't get tired. <laughs> you guys are sitting at this table. 
Sitting around you are two halflings. There's a gnome, there's an owlin, and then there's a dwarf. The dwarf then speaks up again. She goes, the name's Jubes. And who you fellows might be. I think you already know who we are. I'd just like to confirm. Keep it friendly. You know, making sure we're dealing with the kind sorts. Oh, uh, do they know our names? It's kind of implied that they know who we are. Well, they know us. They don't necessarily know our they names. They know who to look out for, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. The What kind? We have bloodstones for you. You know what I mean? We just did this epic-ass quest, and these people are going to interrogate us? Like, what? When you say bloodstones... No, he doesn't actually no, say I'm that. I'm just saying. He I'm doesn't just... actually fucking say that. What he says is, his name is Armos, and I say <laughs> my name is... Uh, he starts to say that, and Drell kicks him in the shin. <laughs> Disappointed. I'm like, Armos... <laughs> Let's just raise my hand. Menace is sleeping in the chair. Yeah, um, Drell go, this is Menace, and I'll pat him on the shoulder, and I'll go, and I'm, I'm Drell. Menace! Uh, yeah, what? You know, in certain circumstances, I'd ask you to uh, prove it. But given the fact that this uh, ragtag group of individuals stand before us, I mean, there's without a doubt that you are who you say you are. I just had to make sure you knew who you were before continuing this conversation. Yeah, have you seen another tiny little minotaur like me before? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Alan speaks up, doesn't directly look at you, just like looks in your general direction. He goes, once in a dream. What? Uh, I just, <laughs> a, a spooky breeze blows in the background. <laughs> like, Joe like puts his hand up like to hide his mouth and he looks at Armos and goes, weirdo. Like he like mouths it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the like, Dan's character is literally like laying in the chair and he just sticks his hand up to talk even though no one can see him. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, Menace. <laughs> so everyone here is a dwarf or smaller. Menace actually looks like the only normal thing. Oh, uh, yeah, because everyone's small. My people. Uh, <laughs> I'm still eyeing this owl down. She goes, just one more thing before we cut, before we end before we end this. Spit it out, lady. <laughs> Get to the, the point. cat has the DM's tongue. Uh, <laughs> I am as short of words as a plate of sweet potato fries stare at the corner of my eye. Um, <laughs> the drool going down his face. Listen, there's certain, you know, there's certain things we need to ask before we can get friendly with everybody. Now, I just need to know who sent you here. Oh, our boy Duncan. All right. Uh <laughs> Claps <laughs> and raises her arms and be like, that's what I want to hear. Her serious demeanor then turns into a jubilant uproar, and the guys all start laughing, with the exception of one, uh, the hood, the halfling that keeps his hood up. Uh, he looks like kind of like an edgelord from your perspective. And he doesn't really laugh. Uh, the other four start to laugh. And they go, all right, listen, we're just messing with y'all. We're just messing with y'all. We're happy. We're all happy here. Listen, my name's Jubes. You got Hugh over here. He was the one that helped your friend out. Oh, thanks, Hugh. Really appreciate it. This is Baldi. The the gnome raises his hand and goes, ha ha, how's it going, guys? Glad to help. Glad to meet you. Glad you're all here. This is Leslie Quills. Points to the Allen. The Allen looks at you, goes, name's Leslie, Leslie Quill Feathers. You could call me Feds you could, or Quill. Both are short for Quill Feathers, which is my last name, Leslie Quill Feathers. I look at Drown and I'm like, Weirdo. And the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> the other halfling doesn't really say anything. He just kind of like looks over and gives you guys like a head nod. 
And this, uh, the quiet one right here, this is Bando Barris. He doesn't really talk much. He just kind of hangs out. Didn't realize you're going to take your sweet time getting here. You know, Duncan said you might be here in a few days. Yeah, we... Did you guys take the long way? We lost my horse. And Drolite <laughs> kind of starts to cry. <laughs> you see, um, you see Baldy. He's like, ah, oh, man. Oh, shucks. You lost a horse, bud? He's a good oh, horse. That's rough. He starts to match his sanity. He goes, oh, jeez. Oh, oh, the horsey. Did he die? What happened? Uh, well, Menace wanted to chase some fish people in the forest. And then we ran after him. And <laughs> then he's gone when he got back. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, Baldy and Hugh, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he's not like crying a little bit, sharing your emotion. He goes, oh, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> Juice goes, well, okay, you lost your horse, but still not that long of a trip. My foot, which way did you take? Oh, well, we fought a lot of Kuatoas and spider things and uh, went into this dungeon. Okay, and so, <laughs> so we went through the forest and like, Kind of drill slowly slides his the, hand over Menace's mouth because he's standing right by. She Jubes <laughs> starts mouthing, "What the fuck? Why would you go through the fort? Didn't Duncan give you the bag? Did he not give you the bag? He looks around. Did we not give him an extra bag? Oh yeah, and then there was that time we lost it for like a, a day or two. Okay, and Joel <laughs> still like he softly was covering Menace's mouth, but now he's just like fully like has his hand over Menace's mouth. Bandobaris looks up. He goes, "You guys lost the shards Duncan gave you." Joel goes, "No, we didn't lose the shards. Okay, we have them." I pull his hand off, and now we have more. <laughs> they all start looking at each other. More? I mean... In unison, <laughs> more? Uh, like, we found one more on the road. What did... It... Okay, so Jubes rubs the uh, bridge of her nose between her eyes. Okay. May we see what Duncan has provided you with, so we may end this transaction here and move on to other things. Well, you know, real quick, before I hand over what you guys need, and I like pat my like bulge because it's like in my pants. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I'll be like, why don't you guys kind of explain who you guys are? They all look at your bulge and are like, ah, that looks like a medical condition. <laughs> it's like hella lumpy because of the shards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're patting him, so you probably hear like a little jingle. <laughs> yeah, it's like the clinking between them. It's like, ah, uh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> Just looking at you have that group of very small people staring at your bulge. <laughs> like, ah, uh, yeah. So why do you need these? Well, we don't need them. We run a service here. Like, oh, Duncan. We run, we run a line here. We have. Let's just say Duncan literally told us nothing. So how about you uh, elaborate a little bit for us? He didn't tell you. The letter said he told you some stuff right here. She like reaches in, pulls out like a bunch of letters, starts shifting through. Be like, yeah. No, it's a turn of phrase. You see, a turn of phrase is where you say something, but it means something else. So basically, he's saying, act like we didn't know, even though we know a little, but act like we. Do you know what a turn of phrase is? Is that like something you guys know? It, the Alan speaks up. He goes, a politician's greatest tool. What's a politician? 
What what's this guy's deal? This guy is <laughs> just saying a bunch uh, of random stuff. Uh, oh yeah, Le- Leslie is uh is a bit out there. He's very observant. Doesn't really speaks in speaks in riddles, but hell of a locksmith, I'll tell you that. All right, so Drill 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 digs in his pants and he grabs the pouch of shards and he pulls it out. He I fuck. I, I guess he'll hold them. So now they kind of know what he's referencing. He goes Look, we just want to know what we're really getting into before we just give you guys all these shards. Because we know they're a big deal. We know they're banned in several places. We know there's other groups wanting them. So I guess what do you do with these shards? We are a group called the Shadow Smugglers. We work with Duncan. Duncan is one of our business associates. And what we do is that we use various methods and techniques to collect blood shards, gather them, and deliver them to Lord Baron so that he may use them in his research to potentially get rid of them or cleanse the world of them. We believe that he uh, has a better chance at solving all this or uh, freeing us of this uh, plaguing uh, of this plaguing uh, ore that is covering our continent, and we don't want the Queen of Aramor to have all these shards. Why don't you want the Queen to have them? She's just ignorant, not to say that she's bad people or anything, but she doesn't see the same views as Lord Baron does. So she put this, you know, she put this ban out. All these people want the the blood shots for their own reasons. And all the Red Guard have been collecting them. A lot of blood shots in one place is no good. And we know that the Queen of Aramore isn't taking taking the proper precautions to keep these blood shots safe. We think she just has him in a giant room somewhere and isn't uh, doing what the necessary due diligence to keep these things from basically blowing up in our face. So, you know the power of these. Tell us more. What exactly do you want to know? Like, say some of them were bright, you know, in color, bright red or whatever, and then some might maybe be like dark or murky. Like, do you know the difference between them? Why don't you show me an example? You know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> so Drell, so Drell hides the bag behind Minus's chair, and he kind of like ruffles through, and he grabs one of each, and he kind of holds it up and shows them. She reaches over, grabs the two shards. Now these shards are about maybe about four, five inches. They're not like crazy big. She holds them up, one in each hand, and she's looking at them. And one is clearly lighter, and the other one is dark and opaque. And she goes, so. The difference between these two, the lighter one looks like this was recently made. The darker one is the one that has been used, meaning this one has been in a weapon at some point or an instrument to hurt people and has collected some life essence, meaning that this shard has killed in some way a lot of innocent people potentially bad people sure but usually people who use these shards aren't fighting a ton of bad guys especially ones to make it this dark the more essence a blood shard absorbs the darker it gets until it's full this is a full blood shard so what do you i guess what happens when a blood shard becomes full so that's what baron is trying to figure out these haven't been around long enough to show its true potential. In its raw state, they're practically useless. They don't do anything. 
we don't it's just like leftover residuals from the from the battles that took place many years ago when all these monstrosities left these ores were left behind all over the place and you'll find these ores where these attacks originally held or where these monsters roamed reginald's like mm -hmm, yeah that's, that, that, that checks out that's pretty that's pretty correct can they see reginald they cannot see reginald she goes after a number of years people started trying to figure out what to do with these and lord baron was on the front lines of that because he runs the sigic college he formed the sigic college which is a combination of magic and science to find out what these things were to see if they could be useful these things were kind of toxic if the if the raw material was near around farmland it would kind of just kill everything off it would like it wouldn't kill anybody if you stand next to it but it's like it just didn't help the environment it was toxic to the environment so people started to remove these and then the the raw the raw state that it was in is pretty fragile uh, within itself it would just break easily but somebody figured out how to refine these into shards to maybe make a useful tool they made the shards a couple more years passed people started putting them in weapons and they noticed that the weapons started to amplify its abilities like an enchantment people started using these in potions in different mixtures it would amplify it and everything was like cool look at this great weapon i have and then people started to act really weird. Aggression started to come up. People that would use these weren't necessarily good people. Good people that use these tend to not be good anymore. These shards look like they have a reaction on people's moral compass. Later on, Baron found out that these darker crystals contain the life essence of innocent people or people that it's had its hand in killing somebody. So. Where did you get this? To get one of these shards, you would have to kill a lot of people. We found it. Oh, yeah, we did find it. Yeah. You found it. In a box. Yep. Found it in a box. A box? Yeah. Where? In the forest. Remember? We walked through the forest. Did I miss something? I thought it was on a mace. We found it in a box in the forest. So the halfling that has his hood up, Mandelbaris, leans in. He goes, so you're telling me you were just walking through the forest? having a nice pleasant stroll and you just happen to trip over a box that had a blood shard of this caliber in it okay okay fine you want the long story short all right what happened was menace chase a bunch huh. of koatoas okay oh Koatoas yeah. started throwing poop at us we got knocked out all right then what happened is i woke up they were trying to cook armos we rescued menace we pretty much killed all of them ran away uh, as we were running away, we met this like elf lady in the forest. Uh, she helped us out. Then she told us about like some temple that we decided to go to. We went over on our way to the temple. We met some guy, uh, a little fish guy, uh, who had a little stick with a blood shard. We took his blood shard. <laughs> then we, I almost got swallowed by, you know, this giant like sea creature that came out of the lake. Armos hit me with Eldritch Blast. He looks at Armos. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, after that, we went into the uh, tower and then we went into a tunnel with a bunch of water. We swam through the water. Menace almost died to like some rock monster. Then we went through that. Uh, we pretty much just killed everyone in our way. It was pretty sick. Um, and then... <laughs> Once we got to the end, 
We saw some guy with a blood shard. He cracked open a blood shard. He became like this huge beast. I just went to town what? and fucking murdered him. What? And then, um, yeah. And then after we killed him, there was uh, this giant box full of blood shards. And that's where we found it in the forest in a box. All of them like are kind of wide eyed and looking at each other. With that explanation, Jubes is like looking at each teammate for like their assessment. The Owlin is just like looking vaguely in your direction, thousand yards there. Goes, insightful. Jubes goes, what do you mean he broke it open and turned into a monster? Well, I mean, broke it open, crushed it in his hand. You know, not really sure which one. He's, maybe it was a mix of both. Yeah, no, he was like a normal sized person. He turned into a giant sea creature that like with like a bunch of tentacles and stuff, you know? You know, the normal, I guess. You guys are probably used to a bunch of stuff like this since you guys deal with blood shards all the time. Uh, no, we never seen somebody transform before. What, what, I need you to break it down. What did they use? Yeah, what I mean, this is, just a, this is just a Tuesday for us. Oh, yeah, you, you guys mean, aren't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys thought <laughs> you were dealing on, with guys. amateurs. Like, yeah. we're kind of the big deals. And you guys are asking who we are. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know how to describe it more. He was talking to some, like, you know, evil people that once we showed up, they dipped. Evil people? That wasn't in your long-winded description at all. What do you mean, evil people? I don't know. Well, there's just... also this horse thing. There was a duck with a bandana. There's a lot of other stuff, but, you a know. A duck with a bandana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think his name was Duck Norris. I'm pretty yep. sure. Yep. And then, yeah. So, anyways, oh yeah, I found a book with eyes on it. Um, what? Wait, can I hold on real quick? Can I run like a perception check to kind of see like how caught off guard they are by all of this? When you mentioned the uh, all the information that you did, they like they're vis they're like visibly like what? They they're, they're yeah they are, they are caught off guard. You can tell right away. Okay. Yeah, before the guys started doing all the transforming, there was uh these elves that are in a cave. And I did this awesome, like, blast. I hit him, like, you know, a couple hundred yards up. Uh, elves? I'm sorry, elves? Yeah, 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 yeah. They gave him that box. The box that we found. All those things in. What box? Remember, we found the box with all the blood shards Bro, in it. We literally just told you we found a box with the blood shards in it. You thought we were kidding. Are we you weren't not kidding. paying attention to what we're telling you? Do you have this box? Yeah. Yes. It's right here. And I hold it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. She looks at it. She goes, please slide it over. Uh, she like gets up, she's like reaching for it, but you're tall, so it's like <laughs> yeah. I reach across the entire table. She grabs the box. She looks at it. She goes, Whoa. looks at this black leather box with all these latches on it. Did you keep the flask in there by any chance? Oh yeah, the flask is in there. So it like rumbles. She goes, what? She opens it slowly, lifts the latches, opens the box, and she sees this really weird metal flask. She turns it to Bando Baris. Bando Baris shoots you guys look and the flash jumps up. She catches it. She goes, what? Yeah, I would not open that. What uh, in the nine I, hells I, is this? I don't know. It was in the box when we found it. I would not open it. It's just screams bad juju. She points to the sigil. Bando Baris like, looks like he's like on edge just in case anything breaks out. He goes, that's the sigil of the Red Dawn. Why do you have a box from the Red Dawn? What is the Red Dawn? She looks around it's like, what are you born under a rock? I was actually born on a volcano mountain. So pretty much the answer to that question is yes. <sighs> she like sighs, she goes, oh my God, you gotta be kidding. What, were you two born under a rock? Looks at Menace. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I was born under it. Well, uh, I guess it's more of a cave. He's from the ivory boulders. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. And she's like, looks at almost be like, what about you? Look, I'm just here for the ride. I don't, I don't claim these guys. <laughs> oh. oh my god, I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay. Well, Sid's pretty smart, aren't you, Sid? <laughs> He is a rock, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just did some sort of uh, quasma physics engagement formula, right? Right, Sid. Is that what you did? Yeah, has yeah, a science smart. lab coat. Has a lab coat on. <laughs> okay, let's see if I can break this down. Two hundred years ago, a crystal invades, leaves with a guy. Uh, some dude goes away for goes away. I haven't seen him since. Left all this red ore around, right? Mm -hmm. The Red Dawn it was this weird cultist group that was obsessing over this guy and did whatever they could to worship him. And then when he left, they kind of disbanded. And recently, we've been seeing some activity from, I guess, new members. Although, I don't know why they would suddenly come back up. This is very strange. We haven't seen anybody from Red Dawn for a very long time. We, as far as we know, the original founder died off years ago. What's what's their name? Who's that? His name is Vero Grimgar. Armos, give me an intelligence check with advantage. <laughs> yeah, twenty-one. Twenty-one. A white light flashes before your eyes as a flashback comes into your mind's eye, and you recognize that name instantly. Vero Grimgar was somebody that you know, who you initially reached out to before the campaign started to get some of these blood shards and ask for some help of people to perform the ritual that you performed all the way back in session one, baby. You suddenly remember all the sigils on their cloaks in this dark room moments before you met Reginald. You knew that Vero was getting a bunch of people and recruiting a bunch of people. You also know that he is a warlock as well. From Viral, you heard of these seances and rituals, and that's what encouraged you, for unknown reasons, to try this uh, ritual for your own personal gain, using the help of some of his people that followed him. Flashback out. So, I, I need to get this box to Baron, because we've been hearing activity of Red Dawn members surging throughout the coast. We know there's some activity in Aramore, in the city of Aramore, we know there's some activity here with the Red Guard. What about the forest? What do you mean the forest? Yeah, like you heard Red, any... Red Dawn activity yeah, in the forest? Yeah, like anyone going in, going out of the forest, Red Dawn, you know? No, all I know is that it looks... Something happened in there over the last few days. Or originally, it was like plagued. But now it looks better. Yeah, that's us. That was us. Yeah. What do you mean that's you? Yeah, I mean, we fixed everything. Can you can you say that again, but slower? I just want to bask in that, that greatness that we just heard. You guys cleansed the forest? Yeah. Yeah, we cleansed the How forest. How did you cleanse the forest? Bro, we're sitting here with blood shards of unparalleled power, and you're wondering how we cleansed well, this? See, every Hold time on, we come couch we back on this point, there's always something new them. here. We didn't use them. What happened is when we killed that giant beast thing I was telling you about, uh, we found like a crystal, and then we put the crystal in the tree, like Indiana Jones style, and then it just like healed the whole forest. And the power of friendship, and I give Sid a high five. <laughs> high fives you back. Whoa, now there's a crystal involved? I mentioned it, you probably just weren't paying attention. You definitely did not mention it. 
They mentioned it. Alan shrugs. And Bar shrugs. Baldy goes, I don't know. Baldy's picking his ear with his pinky. He goes, ah, hey, listen, you just film me in later. All right. So we need, you want us. Wait. How? Okay. Okay. Let's, we need to lay all our cards out on the table. This looks like, listen, how many of these blood shards do you have? Menace, how many do we have? Oh, yeah. I think we have, uh, let's see, 11. We gave almost six. I think we had 17. 17 dark ones? Uh, well, I don't know if they're whoa. dark. I just counted 17 yeah, things. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. There was just so many of them who can keep track of them, right? <laughs> you think that you're going to get all of these? She, like, wipes away her brow. She knows that she just stumbled onto something very big here. Um, she goes, okay. Let's get first order business out of the way. Can we get the shipment from Duncan? Okay, so we give her the remaining six light ones we get into a huddle and like count them out <laughs> like wait is this one sh no wait that one's a regular one is that that's a dark one okay and then we kind of peek up and be like should we give him that one no no <laughs> yeah exactly we're keeping that one <laughs> almost bites it kind of like a gold coin to fix yeah yeah <laughs> i get zapped a little and i'm like Ugh. okay yeah yeah that was, that was that's a good one <laughs> no, no 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 don't give him that one no no that's a red one that's a dark one yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at that that one's the same color as my eyes look at that <laughs> so we we divided them out and we give them the the duncan ones the we call them the the clearer plus, ones plus the the darker one sherry has so she goes okay well let's settle this one up real quick okay she turns over to band of bars band of bars nods gets a bag slides the bag over to you guys there's a bunch of gold inside she goes here's the rest of your payment inside the bag is 500 gold ooh, ooh. that's for the original delivery Let's talk about those other ones. Uh, we don't got to talk about these. You got what you want. We got what we want. We can just get out of here. No, Trail sees the big bag of gold. And he's like, well, I yeah. mean, we could talk for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, Menace has never seen this much gold. He's just like <laughs> shaking his head. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? what? <laughs> okay, hold on. Can I pull? Uh, how about this? Can you give us like a minute to talk amongst ourselves real quick before <laughs> we uh, have this conversation with you guys? She goes, take the time you need. Cool. She backs up a little bit. She goes up. She pours herself a drink from like a little mini bar. While you guys discuss, I'm just going to go ahead and pee. Okay. Okay, Armos, don't fucking bullshit us, all right? I want a serious fucking answer. What do you actually need these for? So all I know is that that Vero Grim, uh, Grimgar guy. So Vero mm -hmm. Grimgar, um, I know that me and him did a ritual long ago. And I know that this sounds weird, but it seems like that was a really long time ago. And I don't know how this all works out, but I know that those shards are the key in trying to figure this out. Okay. Like, do you need these? Because from what I know, or at least what I can figure is these bring nothing but attention to us. And I think we could sell them. Yeah, we could sell them. <laughs> and make money and then possibly go find more. So the other thing that I was thinking is that, do you see that owl's eyes? Do you see how big they got when she saw? Oh, humongous. Yeah, <laughs> so big. I don't think we're gonna come across those very often. So I think that if we give them either half or we at least keep one and we keep it in that little pouch. All right, how about this? Let's, how many do we have? So, okay, we gave her, so there was 11, we gave her one, so there's 10. Hang on, I gotta take my shoes off the count. Hold on. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> so why don't we 
let you keep two in that bag and then we'll sell them the other eight. I want the darkest ones. Okay. And then we, so we do like a team break. Yeah. Like we all put her in our hands. And break. Jubes comes back over with the drink. Vandalbars follows her. The other three are kind of doing their own thing. Um, in their like own respective station. You can kind of see that each part of the wall uh, has their own desk uh, per se. He was by all these herbs. Baldi is by all this like mechanical stuff, a bunch of gadgets. Quill is by this giant wall of knives. All right. What do you guys got? So this is what we're going to do. Counting the shard, the, the darker one that we you already have in your hand. We're going to sell you nine dark blood shards what would you give us for them she looks at bando baris he shrugs she goes well give you 500 a piece for them um for each shard <laughs> for each shard i was kind of thinking more what, 500 gold per I thing mean, yeah they said they were pretty rare they haven't found them in years I mean, this is like what? <laughs> all right, all right. That's all right. How about this? We'll go ahead and we'll take your deal. And then, what do you guys know about this guild house up there that they are keeping all the blood shards in? You, the second you say the guild house, all five of them go Ugh, and like all sigh in like aggravation. Like, oh, fucking red guards. <sighs> Let's do the deal. She she sticks out her hand. Five hundred per shard. And we get the box and the flask. You don't get to keep those. Yeah, she was a good. Yeah, sounds good. A deal's a deal. All right. Cool. Shakes your hand, gets the gold. Then the Boris allocates the gold. So they um, there's like a bunch of like platinum in there, which are bigger bills, let's just say, and gives you guys four thousand five hundred gold on top of your five hundred for the your delivery. It's like fifteen hundred a piece. Then. All right. Um, so then I guess like, but when I said the guild house, was it more like a, they hate? Yeah. Like, like a, uh, it wasn't like a, they've, they've had other people possibly suggest like robbing the place before and they like, don't want to hear it again or no, it's just like a, for, like, uh, that fucking place. Okay. So she goes, okay. We don't like the red guard around here. Okay. Their overall mission. Sure. This is Jube speaking, by the way, their overall mission. Yeah. Great. Protect the people. When they were founded, they were founded against the Red Dawn. They were the kind of reason why the Red Dawn aren't around anymore. Great, good, wonderful. They're like in almost every town around here. Some more of a presence than others. They're just annoying. They're annoying. They're funded by the queen herself. She loves them. Not sure why, but she loves them. Some of them are assholes. They take advantage of their status. They bully people, especially down here in the knots. They try to take advantage of the less fortunate, and some people just join because they like the power they think they get from it. I don't know if you've seen it. I'd be surprised if you didn't see it. So a lot of them are just assholes, including the captain, Treyas Bugs. We hate that guy. He's like a stick in the mud. He makes things more difficult for us. He's the head of the Red Guard or the head of the Red Guard in Dilmore? Head of the Red Guard in Dilmore. We recently got word that somebody's been stealing from them been taking red shards from them. Leslie got a beat on one of them. One of the bigger head honchos, one of the officers of the Red Guard. He lives in the upper district. He tailed him 
down here, down on the knots one day. We don't know why he's in the knots, why somebody of that stature would ever come down here, especially as frail as he is. He's not like a fighter type. He's uh, He owns one of the most famous uh, alchemy shops in town. He also noticed that he had some red shards with him and he was bringing them somewhere. Leslie tracked him down to a specific area, but we don't know exactly where he went. He managed to give her give her the slip. We think he has something to do with the missing blood shards because there we've heard through the grapevine that somebody's been stealing blood shards from the Red Guard. Damn it. In the guild house. That's what we were going to say we should do is pretty much rob him. So we had something similar in mind. We would love to pull off that heist. The problem is they're very well fortified. This would be a really big job. So we were thinking about pulling off this heist. The problem is, is that this place is, their guild house is very heavily guarded. There's a ton of red guard members there. They all practically live there when they're on tour. And when their shift is finally over, they do go home, but like their shift lasts for like a few days at a time. So like they have bunkers and barracks in there. Now, this isn't something that we can't handle, but we got a good thing going here and we're making a nice cash flow here while also committed to the greater good. People bring in blood shards here. We happen to take the ones that fall loose and that's what we've got going on. If you guys manage to find a way, maybe in some inside knowledge that would help us greatly. And of course we would compensate for that information. How about we call it, you know, we'll head back to our place get some rest and um we'll be in touch you guys hang out here a lot uh yeah i would say we do i would say we do yeah alan looks over he goes i live in the moment but i currently reside here oh my god what does that mean this like guy speak is normally a weirdo. <laughs> um the rest of you guys seem cool uh nothing against you quills <laughs> but uh i'm getting a weird vibe off this guy over us i don't i don't really trust yeah him. same the alan goes who is that and looks around the room. What? Who's who? <laughs> Who's who? Ooh. Um, so since we're like kind of getting ready to leave, I go over to Hugh. <laughs> Not who, Hugh. I go over to Hugh. And I go, Hugh. Hey, Hugh. Uh, you're the one that saved my life, aren't you? Hugh uh, turns around and fixes himself. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's me. That's me. Gets more confidence as the sentence goes on. <laughs> that that would be me. He starts explaining the process and like as he before he can even finish, I just hug him, huge hug. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, okay, you want to keep those? Uh, oh, this is nice. Yeah, all the rocks are <laughs> hugging him too. <laughs> yeah, it's cold and warm at the same time. <sighs> Baldy's like, oh man, oh he's dad a moment. It's your dad a moment. And he like wipes a tear away. <laughs> All right. So what's the plan now, boys? Baldy chimes in. Well, I'm adding you guys to my best friends list, and I'm going to go hit the hay because I need to rest. Jubes comes over. He's like, where you guys plan on staying? Do you guys plan on staying here? Do you guys go back? Well, we need to go get our stuff. That's the only issue. A lot. We have like our equipment and stuff is still in the. Oh, your stuff. Ah. Uh. What Hugh he go, calls Hugh over. Hugh goes, uh, trots over. He goes, in that tavern that everything went down in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it might be a problem. Money. My money's on the fact that the barkeep kind of gave you guys up instantly after your buddy got stabbed. Definitely gave your names to the Red Guard. 
probably on some poster somewhere by now. I'm pretty sure they probably took your stuff into evidence as well. Do you guys have anything there that would be bad? My beans. The beans. Girl <laughs> <laughs> immediately climbs down the ladder and starts not uh <laughs> Um, okay, well, I mean, should we at least go check to see if they took our shit or if they just went through it? Or, uh, or should we just... So it is in the middle of the night. You can absolutely go do that. Yeah, I uh, think Minna should stay here. Okay, so how about that? Yeah, let's... All right, team huddle, team huddle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so I think the best way to go about this uh, is Armos and I will go back to the the inn, try to get our stuff come back here and then in the morning maybe we want to uh check out that alchemy shop that the they said the red guard guy owns oh yeah i just want to go to bed (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um menace do you have any of your weapons on you um i had like i think i just had my scimitars i don't think i had anything else attached to me can i borrow those <laughs> i might need them uh we could also ask them if they have they probably have weapons here i'm sure right, fine just be stingy about your weapons bro i mean no I you can borrow if you need it. No, if you want like an axe late. that you're used to using <laughs> um, it's not you know dexterity based I mean, wink, wink. i'm i'm proficient <laughs> in everything uh, so okay so yeah um well, why don't you stay here a minute, get some rest, and uh, Armos and I will be back, okay? All right, yeah, that's, uh, that sounds good to me. And then, yeah, I'll go over and ask Jubes um, if they have any, like, weapons laying around that I might be able to use. Jubes looks around like, do we have any weapons for you to use? There's a giant wall full of, like, swords and knives. And the, <laughs> a- the Alan, Leslie, the Alan, like, looks at you guys, he goes, no touchy. Do I see a great axe on there? No touchy. Leslie, Leslie, you don't have anything on you, big guy? Looks up at you. I've got a dagger, and I feel like I might need a little bit more. She uh, walks over to the wall, and she goes, Leslie. She goes, Leslie goes, all right, all right, all right. You can take this. Takes off a greatsword, tosses it to you. It is a normal greatsword. All right, well, uh, Armos, you, you ready to head over there? Okay, so Minus, you're gonna hang back and go ahead and take a long rest here. When you turn around, Leslie has already prepared you an extra cot that has been perfectly fluffed, and his he's fluffing his final pillow as he lays him down and goes. Ooh. I wrestle his little hair. Is he? <laughs> oh, could um, I guess can I ask if one of the people want to come with us? What are you asking? Not the fucking owl. <laughs> I'll ask uh Baldy if they want to come with us. Baldy. Baldy looks at you and goes, Oh, well, I'm not much of the. Uh, well, okay. well, I can show you. I'll come with you. And he shakes your hand. <laughs> uh, it's too late. <laughs> Let's I think go. I'm back. And he holds your hand as you guys walk <laughs> out the door. So you guys go to the tavern. Baldy's like trailing behind. He's like just watching. He's like happy to be a part of something. He's a little more giddy than he should be. And he's like, um, You hear like he's, he's like saying under his breath. Uh, Armos, give me both of you guys. Give me a little perception check to hear if you can hear what he's singing. Fifteen. It's a nine. Okay, you definitely hear what he's singing, Armos, and he goes one trinket, two trinket, red trinket, yellow trinket as he's rock- walking down the street. I just roll my eyes. <laughs> Everything is definitely settled down for the night. There is nobody inside the tavern. The door 
is locked. There are windows that are big enough for you guys to get through. The street is quiet. It's in the dead of night, probably around 3, 4 a.m. at this point. You guys are going to have to make a number of stealth checks here. Now, rather than this be like a pass fail, I'm going to give you guys a couple of chances. If you guys keep fucking up, it's probably going to cause some alarm here, okay. right? Rather than just doing a pass fail. So Baldy goes, he goes, I can lockpick this door. It's going to take me a second. You guys just want to keep on the lookout. So like we got the number, like remember I splurged for the biggest room. Uh, did it have a balcony? It did. Okay. Yeah, you guys did get the biggest room. So you guys can go to the balcony. Yeah, side. I want to see if we could go that way. All right. So you guys sneak around. Go. Everyone give me a stealth check. Oh, my fucking God, dude. I got a 16. I got that one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you go and you guys are sneaking around the side. Baldy rolled a 19. Sneaking around the side. You guys get onto the balcony and you fall and break like a pot that's like kind of behind the tavern as it shatters. And you hear some dogs barking. You hear in the distance be like, Wait, what was that? You don't see guards in sight, but now there's an active guard somewhere around you. You guys are going to try to climb in. How do you guys want to climb in? Yeah, well, I want to try to boost them up. Okay. So go ahead and give me another stealth check as you try to boost uh, Armos and Baldi up. Reginald is on the ground next to him. He's like, this is great. I just want to watch. This is, You guys do spectacular. I got a, um, an 11. Okay, so I rolled... Oh, no, it's a 7. I thought it was a nat 1. Oh, thank God. You <laughs> are definitely making some noise as you're like grabbing onto the balcony. Baldi jumps in. He's as quiet as a mouse. Almost you like hop over the ledge as Drell gives you a boost and you fall onto your side as you make like a thud. Drell, with your stealth roll, you were able to like toss him up a little lazily, which is probably why Armos also fell and made the noise, but you're able to quickly hide in the shadows. I T-pose like in the shadow. <laughs> T-pose in the shadow. Baldi starts to lock pick the door. Chink. Door opens quietly, breaks in. You go in, and there are a bunch of bags with all your equipment stuffed inside of them. It looks like they were packing this stuff up to take out. You hear from the other side of the door where you would normally walk in, people chattering and talking about the events, what went on earlier that evening. I'm going to be on, so while they're collecting all this stuff, I want to be on door duty. Roll me a perception check. Uh, 14. You recognize one of the voices, and one of them is the barkeep. The barkeep seems frustrated. He's been there longer than he should have been. Definitely wants to go home. He's answering what sounds like the same questions over and over is again. Is that Monson? Yeah, Monson. So he got, Monson is, uh, he's like, oh, I told you guys. There's the three of them. They came in. They just bought the room. They left all the stuff here, went out, came back. The little one got stabbed. I don't know where they went. The guy's like, oh, you just, so you just saw somebody get stabbed but you don't know who stabbed him it's like i don't know could have been the red guy maybe they hated each other i don't know i didn't really get a look i was busy working we had a party here sounds like he's talking to another guard he goes we need to put an alert out for three suspicious individuals he goes okay what's the description he goes a big one a red one and a cow and the guy goes okay we'll put that out voices start to fade as casual conversation keeps going what are you and Baldy doing almost. So since they didn't hear us, I'm gonna start helping Baldy grab our stuff and toss it down to uh, the drill. 
give me another stealth check as you start tossing these bags of stuff into the street for Drell to catch. Ooh, 15. Drell? Oh, I gotta do the stealth check too? Yes. Fuck. All right. You gotta catch the thing. Uh, that is a 13. You guys start uh, calmly throwing some of these bags down there. You guys take your packs. Baldy gets Minus's bag. Drill puts on his bag. You put on your bag. And the rest of the stuff was like all the stuff you had like laying around that you would to get ready. You guys uh, take those bags because it looks like there's like, okay, here's each of your adventuring packs. Here's the weapons that were bounded together. And then here's like all the extra stuff that you guys use to that you guys use when you're relaxing or camping for the night, like rations and things like that. You take all that stuff. You're able to get all the bags down. Make you one final stealth check as you guys jump down and get out of the area. 17. Drell? Mm. <laughs> That's a seven. Baldy rolled a 15. You go to grab your stuff and put it on and you knock something else over to make another pot shattering sound. <laughs> like where the hell are all these pots coming from, man? You hear a guard go, I heard something over here and start heading your way. Everybody roll me initiative. Oh my God, it's another seven. Holy fuck, I'm switching these dice, bro. 18. Well, you got 13, you got a seven. Guards got a, mm -hmm. awesome. Initiative 19 comes around. You hear the footsteps of several guards round in the corner. You see their shadows in the lamplight from the street as you know that they're soon about to turn down your alley. It's going to go to initiative 18. What are you guys doing? So if you want to run, we need to run. Yeah. It, like dash out. Yeah. I think that's. Does Baldy know the area? Yes. Can we just have him lead and then just be like, Baldy, get us out of here. And then just like have us mm, fucking just dip. Baldy looks at you guys, gets super stirred and serious. He goes, all right, follow me and begins to bolt in the opposite direction. Here's what's going to happen because now you're in a street chase type of counter. What we're going to do is that every move is going to be considered a dash action. You guys need to get. 200 feet away from these guys, which is four successful movements. If you guys fail two or uh, two or more stealth checks, they're going to gain up on you. So on the third failed stealth check, you guys are going to be in combat for first initiative. Uh, we're going to have the three of you roll a stealth check. Okay. Baldy got a 15. I got a five. I got a 14. Okay. Drell, you pass. Almost you turn the corner and you slip. Let out like a little ow. Ah. <laughs> As you like you stumble over yourself and turn, you hear the guards go, I heard something this way. That's one failed check on you. You guys make it 60 feet. Go ahead and make me another stealth check. 14. I got 11. You guys manage to turn down another alley. Oh, Quiet as a mouse. You guys don't hear anything. You guys need to clear a 10. You guys take another sharp turn. Baldi's like, keep it up, but keep it down. Come on, keep it down. Make me a third uh, stealth check. 15. 18. You guys turn another corner. Baldy slips and manages to catch it. I was like, ah, shit. Ah, God, 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 God damn it. And continues to run. Go ahead and make me another stealth check. Nine. <laughs> oh, fuck. I got 14. Drell, you managed to. You're all on your point. You're turning, running full sprint. without, And you know for a fact that you are not making any noise. Almost trips again. Cracks into another pot. Pot shatters. Guards go. I think they went down this way, but their voices are a bit faint as you are making headway. Give me one final stealth check. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Hey, 15. Uh, dirty 20. Ooh, you guys turn the last corner and you uh, 
just get gaining momentum, turning left to right, losing the trail of the guards as their voices start to sound more and more distant as you guys enter into the knots and make it back to the Thieves' Forge. Woo! You guys now have your stuff back. You're in the Thieves' Forge. And I think that's a great place to end today's session. Yeah, that works. Oh, time to yeah. get some Z's. Yeah. <laughs> what? Woo! All right. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty good point. You know, every episode usually ends on a dangerous cliffhanger, but I'm like, you know what? You guys need a break every once in a while, not to sweat in between the weeks, you know? <laughs> Unless there's a smoke in front of you. No. <laughs> smoke? <laughs> there's smoke in front of you. Hey, listen, that, that session could have ended in guard-on-guard -guard combat or the way it just did. There's also a couple of other outcomes, but you guys are taking your sweet time getting some information, but I'm glad I was able to uh, lore dump on you guys, really, because... I feel like there's so much mystery going on, and this was like really nice to get some of this info out there. Yeah, yeah. Big episode, big episode. But we know we'll talk about uh, more about that on the after show. You know what I'm saying? We'll talk about our thoughts and everything like that. But uh, how are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling? Alive. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> glad Minus didn't have to, or Dan, I guess, have to roll a new character. You know, so. Yeah, in the after show, I'll tell you how much health I had at the end of that thing oh really oh, wow. yeah, i got some good stuff i want to bring up too that i thought about doing yeah yeah get, give just tease us a little bit how, how low just like give us exact number just let me know above let or know. below five like pretty low pretty low how low how low <laughs> after show no in the after show oh, on wow. the Patreon. Yeah, this guy Guys, if you want to get uh, listen to the after show, just go ahead and check us out on Patreon in the campfire tier. Pretty sure that's what's still Patreon.com slash DND 404. There we go. Perfect plug. Um, I don't think we got any housekeeping, but we appreciate it. Um, thanks for listening to this week's episode. We love you guys. Anybody want to plug anything before we go? I'm going to plug, some, plug something of my own, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to shout out my own personal Twitter, because why not? I'm trying to learn Twitter. I've never been good at Twitter. I just had one for the sake of having one. But you can go ahead and find me at uh, twitter.com backslash dead dinosaur, D-E-D-D-I-N-O-S-A-U-R. That's my gamer handle. That's what I did on my Twitch stuff on. I'll tweet at me, follow me, you know, whatever, whatever floats you go. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I feel like we need to start doing that. Yeah. Plugging our own stuff. So go. what do you guys got? You know what? I'll, what you guys got? I'll go with the Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. It's underscore Alec dot C. What about you, Jared? You got anything you want to plug? Uh, Instagram, One Rain TV. It's the number one. R-A-I-N TV. Plus, you get to see Jared's cute ass puppies. Yeah, I got the best dogs. I'm telling you. Ass it, it, whatever you think cute is, <laughs> raise it by 20. <laughs> and then by what 20 are, more. What are your dog's names? What are your dog's names? Benson and Ketchup. And ketchup is a white fluffy <laughs> dog. So, and uh, you can follow me on Twitch at i a m j o k a r m a n. We're gonna be doing a little mini campaign that uh, our DM Tony hears in. Yeah, I'm gonna be a player. I'm gonna be a player soon. He's actually the only one that didn't add his character to our D and D Beyond thing. So I gotta do that. <laughs> He's the reason <laughs> I gotta we started do yet. that. Uh, no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> What's that full name? I am Jokar Man. Yep, I am Jokar Man. Just spelled it out for you. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we might do it like once a month and just have some fun with it. So, 
Yeah. All those links will be down below underneath the episode, wherever you listen to this uh, from. And um, I guess a final note is uh, before we get into Hoombre is Heroes, talk to us, join the Discord, come hang out. And if you just enjoy listening to the show, we're glad you're having fun. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Later. Bye. And now it's time for Humroy's Heroes. First up, legendary glassblower Man with Glass returns to South Trillis from the Heartland with new exotic glass vases, and he's running a special deal on them. Buy one at double the price, get the second one free. That's a hell of a deal if you ask me. Next up, we got Pascal, aka Chalkroll Darts. Not only the official artist of D&D 404, but a wild magic artist that sculpts the landscapes to her image. Legend has it she painted a few extra mountains next to Minus' home to give him a few more friends. Legendary basket weaver Joshua sent me some fan mail recently. Bag of devouring! I can't thank him enough because now when I say something ain't my homework, I'm not lying. The bag of devouring is seen as a cursed item, but I see it for what it really is. Hungry. Thanks, Joshua. Lastly, we have Artemis. Artemis is a lone fighter class who wanders the lands of South Trillis, breaking those Nico Nico kneecaps of giants that cross their path. Their words, not mine. Fun fact, I'm secretly scared of people who have anime profile pics. Please, please, please don't hurt me. And that's it for Humbrae is Heroes. Thank you so much for the support and the love. We really, we really can't thank you enough. And if you're interested in becoming next Humbrae is Heroes, go ahead and check us out on the Patreon backslash D&D 404, or just go ahead and click the link down below. I'm sure we got it there. I'm almost positive we got it there. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. I will catch you next week. Bye.